0: My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. But I want to talk to you about spectacular guidance. Now, the primary way God leads, guides, and directs is, first of all, through the Word of God. And the Scripture says in 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17, and that from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And then verse 16 says, and all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished to all good works. So the primary way God will speak to us is through his word. God and his word are one. So if you need direction, you need guidance from God, we can go to the scriptures and get the direction that we need. The second primary way he speaks to us uh, and gives us guidance is by an inward witness. I'm not going to review all the other ways that he he leads, guides, and directs. We're just focusing on one particular, and that's spectacular guidance. But I did want to say that he does speak primarily through the word of God and through an inward witness. They that are led by the spirit of God. They are the sons of God and his spirit. There's witness with our spirit that we are the child children of God. You don't know you're a Christian. You don't know you're saved because somebody prophesied to you or you heard an audible voice. You just know that you know that you know on the inside of you, the you are a child of God and we can translate that into divine guidance and and when we pray about a decision that we have that we can listen to that inward voice the inward witness of the Holy Spirit he will correct us okay now let's get into spectacular guidance spectacular guidance is basically through dreams and visions the Bible says in Joel chapter 2 verse 28 And afterward, God said, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters, they'll prophesy. He said, your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. So God said, in the last days, I'm going to pour out of my spirit. And this is what's going to take place. He says, your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. The Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. That was the beginning of the birth of the church age. And that's when a lot of these occurrences began to happen. And I'm going to be sharing with you many scriptures from the book of Acts. We know that throughout the Old Testament and, and in, in the ministry of, of even Jesus, that there were many times when God spoke through dreams and through visions. But I want to primarily stick with what the bible has to say in the new testament now let's first talk about dreams dreams are the perfect way to hear from god when you are dreaming you are quiet so you can't ignore him plus you are not easily distracted you are basically all ears for about several hours a night So when you're dreaming, you're not thinking, your physical senses are shut down, and and you know, your spirit neither slumbers nor sleeps, neither does God's spirit, he neither slumbers nor sleeps, So your heart is in constant communion with God. So when you're sleeping, this is a good way for God to get in there and, and speak to us. If he has something to say, my friend, he is going to get it across to you. Some way he is going to get it across to you. And if you're not hearing in your waking hours and God has something he really wants to make sure you get, he will speak to you in a dream, in the vision of the night. The Bible says in Job 33, verse 14 through 16, for God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. He speaks in dreams, in visions of the night. When deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds, he whispers in their ears. So let's not say that God can't speak through visions and dreams. I know in my own personal life, God has spoken to me multiple times through dreams, especially when I begin to um, give place to it, meaning I begin to honor some of the dreams that I have, and I begin to write them down. And so God knows that I'm listening, and I have a listening ear, and therefore He begins to speak to me more and more and more with dreams. As a matter of fact, when I um, uh, had I had two dream seminars actually in my own home. We called it the Dream Weekend, and I invited a friend of mine. Who's, who's a wonderful dream interpreter, and I asked him to come in and speak on dreams. And when he came to my house, it actually activated more dreams and more dream uh, occurrences in my life. So remember, we have said to you before, we'll say it again, spiritual things are transferable. So when you hang around people that are having these types of manifestations, Oftentimes it'll rub off on you. So when we haven't been able to hear from God or having a hard time, God will speak to us in dreams. Psalm 16 verse 7 says, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at my night, my heart instructs me now it's very important for us to remember that not all dreams are god-given now i personally am not an expert in dream interpretation and in teaching on dreams i'm just going to share with you the scriptures and share with you what i know and some of the things that i've experienced but i know from hearing people teaching on dreams interpretations of dreams that not all dreams are from god satan is the god of this world he is here he is alive he is active and oftentimes the enemy will endeavor to trip us up or to scare us by giving us uh, dreams they're not from god so it's very important we understand where is the source of this dream Also, some dreams are soulless dreams, okay? They're coming from our soul. They're coming from our mind, our will, our intellect. They're not from God. They're just coming from our own soul. Some dreams are fear dreams. We just have a fear or a phobia, and we just keep dreaming about it over and over and over again. I'll tell you one of my phobia dreams, one of my fear dreams. It doesn't happen as much anymore, but I used to dream multiple times a year that I was getting up to speak and I did not have anything to say. I was not only didn't have anything to say, but I was totally and completely unprepared. Now in the natural, that goes against everything that I am as as a minister and as a ministry gift to the body of Christ. Most of the time I'm over-prepared with 25 pages of notes and oftentimes, I have so much to say it would take me hours and hours to complete it so but in my own soul and in my own personality maybe an insecurity at the time I would have these dreams that I would have nothing to say. Now, that's a soulless dream. That's a fear dream. That's not from God, okay? What does the Bible say? The Bible says, I'll make your tongue like the pen of a ready writer. The Bible says, you open up your mouth, and I will fill it. So we've always got to lean back and say, you know, Lord, what is your your word has to say about this particular dream, okay? Now, I'll tell you a, a story about these Facebook Lives and doing <clears throat> doing them on the holy spirit on his gifts i was not going to teach on the holy spirit on his gifts i was going to continue in the mode of teaching you how to pray because it's all different kinds of prayer and but last year we did a lot of teaching on prayer a lot of facebook lives on prayer and it was not in my head to teach on the holy spirit his person his works and his gifts And I had a dream one night from the Holy Spirit. I don't exactly remember the month that I had the dream. It was either December or January, somewhere along those lines, November, December, January. But I dreamed that, that God actually spoke to me in the dream. I don't remember how he did, but he spoke to me and he said in the dream, I want you to teach on the Holy Spirit and his gifts. And that's where I got the idea. And as I pondered about the dream and I thought about the dream and I thought about what I perceived the Holy Spirit was saying, I said to myself, well, I've thought for for 20 years on the Holy Spirit, his person and his work in Bible schools. And so therefore I'm already prepared, I'm already ready to go. All I have to do is make it personal to those of you who are my listening audience here on this this internet, this internet way of teaching, and just listen to God as to how to proceed in each teaching that we do and, and that's all the work I had to do and then just trust in the anointing to, to, to lead guide, and direct but how did you get that direction I got that direction in a dream in a vision of the night I I, I just I, it, it was not from my head it was from my heart God downloaded that into my spirit and after a while I thought about it and I said, you know what that makes sense it makes sense And not only that, but we've said before, we'll say it again, that many people right now are are on the subject of the Holy Spirit, His gifts, and how they operate, and even divine guidance. So we're all speaking the same thing. We're of one heart, one accord. We're equipping the church to do the work of the ministry, and that's our primary focus, is to equip the church to do the work of the ministry, so that we can be ready and prepared for this next season and this next phase of what God has in store for His church, His body. Okay, that's why it's very important that you take your place. Take your place and be everything that God has called you to be. No matter how big or how small, we are all important in this in this latter move of God in this day and in this hour. Don't say you don't have what it takes. You've got what it takes. God said, I've put my words in your mouth. You will go wherever I send you and you will speak whatever I command you to speak. And if you're afraid of their faces, I'll make your your forehead hard against their faces, okay? Just rise up and be what God has called you to be. Once you take that step of faith, God will be there to enable you and to empower you and to anoint you with the fresh oil that you need in fulfilling your assignment, okay? That, I don't know who that was for. That was for somebody who was listening. I received, at times, I received prayer assignments through dreams. I remember one time, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but I was spending a considerable amount of time seeking the face of God. It was a season of very intense time of seeking, and I was, was dreamed one night that a, a ministry leader who I know very well was uh, attacked and to make a long story short, the attack came and it looked like his face swelled up and then his, his wife would come and lay her hand on the side of his face that was swelling and then this, the other side would swell up. And I just I just knew when I woke up that there was something severely wrong with this particular pastor, this particular leader. And Because God says, I sought for a man among them that would stand in the gap and put up the hedge. God knew that I would be spending Time with him that day, he knew that it was my heart's desire to send spend a lot of time with him, so he knew he could download that assignment into my heart through a dream and that I would pray it out. So, I received that prayer assignment in, in a dream in a vision of the night. He was not on my mind, this was not anything I got in the natural. It came to me by the spirit, and I knew in my heart by an inward witness you have the dream, then you have the inward witness that something was really wrong after I put my kids on the bus that day, I, I took it to prayer. And those of you who have heard this story before, it bears repeating on just a little bit of it, that by the end of the day, I got the victory in that prayer assignment and the scripture God gave me for it, this particular pastor was, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. And I knew right then and there, through tongues and interpretation, that his life was in jeopardy. And when I got the victories, by the end of the day, I knew that that everything was going to be all right. And later on, about three months later, I found out, yes, he was in trouble. Yes, he was admitted to the hospital. Yes, he was bitten by fire ants here in Florida. He was highly allergic, and his life was in jeopardy. So God said, I just needed somebody to pray. So I saw that Margie would be available, and I downloaded that prayer assignment. How? In a dream, in a vision, in the night. Now, when it comes to dreams, some dreams, actually a lot of times, a good percentage of the times, some things in dreams are symbolic. Um, the symbol, what I learned, usually comes from the dreamer's life. In other words, you know, if I, I normally would never get dreams about farming and animals and things like that. But if you're a farmer and that's what you do every day, then God will use those kinds of symbols in your life. So very often God uses these particular symbols that relate to you in your life, okay? Now, for me personally, when I have dreams, I always, probably shouldn't say this because maybe I could get better at interpreting, but I normally need a dream interpreter. My kids have dreams. My friends have dreams. I say, you need to send it to my friend, Gary. He is a wonderful dream interpreter. He's like a Joseph dream interpreter. He'll pray over it. He'll think symbolically about what the symbols mean in your own life. And then he will prophetically interpret that dream. I'm going to read you one dream. I don't want to take up too much time. One dream that I had, as a matter of fact, I keep a journal of my dreams. I write them down in my phone. But you know what? It's a good, better idea to copy and paste it, put it in an email and, type and, and, and print it out. And keep a, a journal of your dreams in a notebook because they're always good for you to look back on. Because sometimes when God speaks to you in a dream or in a vision of the night, it may not be for right now. It may take years and years and years for it to come to pass. You think about Joseph and his life. He had that dream, you know, that that his brothers would bow down before him, and it took years and years and years for it to come to pass. Not only that, but he had to go through hell, and eventually that dream came to pass. So when you get a dream, if you don't understand it fully, Find a dream interpreter, okay, or just put it on the shelf and wait on it. Let me share with you a dream that I had, okay, and I sent this to my friend Gary. I dreamed I was moving into a glass house. The floors, the doors, and the walls were all glass. I can still remember it to this day. The whole house was glass. I could see through the walls, through the floors, through the table, everything. Everything in that house was glass. The house was right by the beach, and the ocean was in full view. Now, there's a lot of symbolism here. Oftentimes, when something speaks of glass, it's speaking of the prophetic. When it's by the ocean, it means by the presence of God, by by the by the uh, by the spirit of God. That's all symbolic. Okay. And now, listen to this. I woke up, and I went back to sleep again and again. I was in this glass house. Now, if you dreamed about something more than once, God is really trying to get something across to you, okay? If he if he gives you the same dream twice, three times, four times, he's wanting you to really hear what he has to say to you. So I would encourage you to perk up your ears, write, write the dream down, and if you don't understand what it means, and find somebody who is a dream interpreter. I also have a friend in California, her name's Brenda. She helps me with a lot of my dream interpretations. So find somebody that knows how to interpret dreams and send it to them. Okay, and oftentimes they'll ask you questions, and those questions help them to understand symbolically what that could mean for you because your dreams are individual for you. You could have a dream that's individual for you, or you could have a dream that may be speaking about the youth or the church world or the revival that's coming and so on and so forth. One time I had a dream that I was standing by a window which speaks prophetically and I was looking out the window, which means of the future. And I dreamed about this tornado that was rumbling and stirring and I could see it right, right outside the, the my this window, this huge picture window. And when I woke up, I was like, oh my goodness, is like a tornado gonna come? Is that a sign of destruction? But I've learned through dream interpreters that a storm like that is oftentimes just a a symbol of the Holy Spirit and how he's stirring things up. And it's not always a bad thing. It can be a good thing. Okay. So let's go on. So I woke up and went back to sleep again and again, and I was in this this glass house. This time there was a baby in the house. It was my baby, but I had not yet held it. My daughter, Danielle, now my daughter, Danielle, right now, she's 27 years old. So she speaks of the millennial generation. So Danielle is symbolic of the millennial generation. And anytime I've ever dreamt about the millennials and the generation and reaching the youth with the gospel of Jesus Christ, Danielle is usually the one that's in my dream that's symbolic of the that generation. It's not about her specifically. It's symbolic of the generation that she represents. Are you listening? Okay? So my daughter Danielle was holding the baby, but she was not holding the baby right and was not being careful. So I took the baby and showed her how to hold it. You need to support the head of the baby, I told her. As I was holding my baby, I thought I can't remember what I named you. Now at some point during the dream, I had to go to the airport. I missed my flight and had to get a a second flight but couldn't find the gate. I remember in this dream being very frustrated. Okay, now oftentimes when you have feelings in a dream, that too is speaking of how you um, are viewing that particular situation that you're in. I'll explain it in a minute. I, I couldn't find the gate. I asked several people how to find the gate and it wasn't clearly marked. The signs were not there to follow. I couldn't believe an airport didn't have signs, especially since it was a large airport. I was frustrated and upset. I couldn't find the gate. I asked my son and my husband to stop eating and help me. I instead made arrangements to fly out the next day. I went back to the glass house and told everyone, we are moved in now, but we now we have to clean it and organize it. I thought, wow, keeping the glass house is, 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 going to, is going to be a lot of work. When I woke up, I heard the Lord say to me, now he's speaking to me in that authoritative voice. So there's a combination of direction that's being given to me. Now he speaks to me in that authoritative voice upon awakening. And he says to me, what is your mission statement? What is the mission statement of your ministry? And and he asked me the question. And and I said to him, well, the mission statement of this ministry is to teach the world how to pray, how to develop intimacy with their creator, and how to to fulfill their God-ordained purposes. And that's all he said to me. And that was it. Okay. So I thought to myself, all right, God is trying to get something across, okay? Now here's the interpretation that my friend sent to me, my friend Garrett. He said, I believe the glass house symbolizes your ministry. First, a glass house symbolizes the prophetic because it gives you the ability to see which symbolically is prophetic. Secondly, it symbolizes transparency, which means your life being an open book in terms of no hypocrisy, No hidden sin or agenda. So it was a warning dream as well, okay? It means walking with a pure heart before God. I believe your daughter symbolizes the next generation you are raising up in the Lord to carry the vision. I believe her, not supporting the baby's head, shows that there are many young people who have a desire, but they lack understanding and knowledge, especially of Scripture. Many times they have a passion but are not balanced. I believe... The confusion and lack of signs at the airport symbolizes your, at times, not having a clear picture of bringing the vision to faraway places. That is so true. But now we have Facebook Live. Now we have the media. So some of the frustration has left. I believe, because this dream was in August of 2016. You know, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered and established by God, not the giant leaps. So if you don't always have all the answers, just take that first step and God will lead, guide, and direct you. He said, I believe the dream shows that your main role is as a spiritual mom to those who will run with your vision and spread it far and wide. What you are unable to do on your own will be fulfilled by those you pour into. Cleaning the glass shows an emphasis needs to be on walking a holy lifestyle because so many young people equate compromise with freedom which is a distortion of grace they also need to be strong in the word you can't even pray effectively if you don't know god's promises the glass also means that they are not that they not only will be a prophetic generation but many of them will lack vision for their lives and where they are headed And, and i've seen that with the millennials i've seen it with these young people they lack direction but we need to pray for them, that they would be filled with all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That God will, that Jeremiah 1.3, that before he ever formed them in, the, in, in our wombs in our, as, as mothers, he had a plan, a purpose, and a destiny for them. That's why I think it's very important for us to pray in the spirit for our young people. Pray in the Holy Ghost for the youth of this nation. Because when we pray in the spirit for them, we're praying out God's divine will Purpose and order for their lives. We're not praying our own desire, what we want them to be, or what counselor in college thinks they ought to be. They need to fulfill their purpose and their destiny. I uh, pre- prophesied one time at Yolanda's this ministry, uh, meeting in North Carolina a few years ago. One of the things the Holy Ghost said to us was, He said that there are. There never has there been a time in history where there have been so many. 5 ministry gifts in the earth today he said in that those 5 ministry gifts are on the inside of many of our children he said your young your your sons and daughters would prophesy he said there has never been a time in a season where there are so many who have been anointed by me for the season that they live in and i believe as parents it's our job to believe god and to pray and see to it that they fulfilled their destiny not with, with by controlling them or giving them ungodly counsel, but by praying for them and, and and if they ask questions, helping to steer them in the right direction. He says an element of your role is to help them get a vision and strategize strategize with them how to move in that direction rather than just just drifting. And then I asked them, I said, why why was the airport in the dream? And I said, Or was it just fluff? Because sometimes there's just fluff in our dreams. And he said, the airport symbolizes your desire to take your vision and passion to new places. Not remembering the baby's name, I believe, shows that God wants you to be ready, really focused on your mission, and not get too far from it right now. So God does speak to us in dreams and in, in, and in visions. But I think that we need to be more, more conscious and be more open to the movement of the Holy Spirit in in our, in our sleep life and just say holy spirit i invite you in my sleep life to to speak to me okay so just be open to that kind of guidance okay how to handle these vivid dreams first of all you need to pray before you do anything number two listen to god take a moment and sit quietly before Him. if you feel his peace if you feel his presence then the dream is from god hearing from the lord can save you as it did the three wise men They were warned in a dream to return home another way, avoiding King Herod, in turn saving the newborn Jesus, Matthew chapter 2. Number three, write the dream down. If you don't write it down, oftentimes you'll forget some of the details. Write the dream down. Put it in a notebook. Four, seek godly counsel. I always seek godly counsel when I have these dreams from the Holy Spirit. Number five, let it be. The Lord... Will bring the dream to your remembrance. If the dreams are ex- extremely visit, um okay, pay close attention to them, and especially if you've had them more than once. But if you don't know what the dream means, then I would encourage you just to let it be. Don't build your life on dreams. Don't build your life on these kinds of manifestations. You just build your life on the word of God and God will make sure you hear what you need to hear. Let's talk about guidance through visions. Now, Kenneth E. Hagin said, and I've received a lot of this teaching from him on visions. He said, there's three kinds of visions. There's spiritual visions, there's open visions, um, and there's trances, spiritual visions. What is a spiritual vision? A spiritual vision are the kinds of visions you see with the eyes of your spirit you see them with the eyes of your spirit. I operate more in spiritual visions. You see with the eyes of this, your spirit. Um, I remember one time I was praying with my friends and I think this is the first time this had ever happened to me outside of operating in the sea or anointing. But we were praying for a friend of mine who had just lost her son and it was heartbreaking because he was 24 years old. And as we were praying for this family, first of all, I saw on my right side, I saw not with these eyes, but with the eyes of my heart, I saw Jesus, and he was standing next to me, and I didn't see him face to face, but I saw his side, and he was standing next to me, and he, he was not like the Jesus that I was teaching about when I would teach on prayer, just hear me out here. Oftentimes when we teach intimacy with Jesus, we have a tendency to feminize him, okay? And I and, and and I saw Jesus in that spiritual vision in a way I honestly had never seen him before. I saw him as a warrior, as a strong, mighty man of war. I didn't see him just as a man portrayed in the Gospels. I saw him in another light. I saw him as a man of war. I saw him hide just... His, he had muscles and he was strong and, and he was mighty and, and he had a crown on his head. And as God is my witness, when I would think of Jesus with a crown on his head, I would think about one of those really um, lightweight crowns just on, on, on his head. But that's not what his crown looks like. His crown was about two inches thick and it was gold, solid gold on his head. And all around his crown, there was rubies and diamonds and sapphires. and It was just amazing. That was the first time I ever had an inward spiritual vision. And then as we continued to pray for this family, and did you say anything to anybody? I didn't say anything to anybody. I think sometimes people brag too much, and they want everybody to think they're super spiritual. Well, these things, they come from God. They come from God. We don't have anything to do with it. It comes from him, okay? and as a matter of fact they're not an everyday occurrence if a person's having an everyday occurrence of dreams and visions and seeing angels and so on and so forth i would highly step back from that person and look at the fruit and see where they stand with the scriptures so anyway so when we were praying for this family i saw their son and i saw the gates the gates of heaven and i they were very large gates, and they were they had pearls all around them and swirls of just they were just beautiful. And I saw her son walking into the gates of heaven, and he had a hat on his head. Okay, and so that particular day it was either that day or the next day I went to see the family because they were mourning in their house and they were in a state of shock. He had just passed away, and I went to the house and um. Yeah, thank you, Lord. It was just a very sad situation. And when I walked in, I waited and I let everybody just kind of mingle. And, and I called the family aside and I just said to them, I just said to them very gently. I said, I I said I don't know if you know this. I said, but I'm a minister. I know the mom knew and the dad knew, but not the the other two boys. And I said, I says I just want you to know that we were praying and we were praying for your son, and your brother. And and I I said I I showed I told them what I saw and the mother turned to her husband and said, those are the same gates I saw when I died. Because she had died. She had left her body, and they resuscitated her, and she came back into her body. And then not only that, she said, look at the picture behind you that you that, that I've painted. And I turned around, and I looked at the picture, and there was her son. He always wore a cap. He always wore a baseball cap. So that, to me, was given to me to minister to them peace. It comforted them to know that he was with Jesus, he's in heaven. It's, it's, I know you're going to miss him. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, but it still hurts us here on this earth. But these things are given to us, not only for our own admonition and direction, but also so that we can minister to others. But that was an inward vision, okay? I'm going to read a scripture about uh, Peter when he fell into a trance these things are in the Bible about noon Acts 10 9 through 11 the following day they were on a journey and he and approaching the city Peter went up to the rooftop to pray and he became hungry and wanted something to eat and while the meal was being prepared he fell into a trance now Kenneth E Hagan says a trance is and I've never thought I've never been I've never had that fallen into a trance so I don't know but Kenneth Hagan says it's it's when your physical senses are suspended. He did not know where he was at the moment. Speaking of Peter, he was not unconscious, but he did not, but he does not know what is going on around him. He is more conscious of spiritual things than he is of physical things. I'm going to reread that. It's where your physical senses are suspended. Peter didn't know where he is at the moment. He was not unconscious. But he does not know what is going on around him. He is more conscious of spiritual things than physical things. There's open visions. Now that was a trance. There's open visions. Kenneth e. Hagin had multiple open visions of Jesus. I don't know how many exactly. But if you ever want to read a really good book on faith and how to believe God for your healing, but also on the visions that Kenneth e. Hagin had, I highly recommend the book "I Believe in Visions" by Kenneth e. Hagin. As a matter of fact, Kenneth e. Hagen Hagan was my 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 mentor and my teacher when I went to Rainbow Bible Training Center in 75, 76, and then 76, 77. And there was many times he said, there, there are things that I still cannot release to share with you. I believe Kenneth e. Hagen Hagan had a lot of spiritual experiences, but he did not share them all with us. I think we have to Guard ourselves and guard. I think it's I don't think it's always wise to share every single spiritual experience that a person has. Okay? So anyway, let's go on. Acts chapter 10, verse 1 through 7. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion, in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and he prayed to God regularly. One day, about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. Visions happen under the New Testament. He had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel from God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. Aren't you glad that most of the time when the angel comes to the people in the word of God, he says, fear not. I mean, if you saw an angel, how you think you would feel. Okay, he stared at him in fear. He said, what is it, Lord? And the angel said, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. There is a lot of direction given in this vision. There's many different ways that God had, had spoken to Cornelius, okay? But one of the ways it came was through the vehicle of a vision. Here's some more examples. Acts chapter 11 verse one. The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had received the Word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of the uncircumcised men and ate with them. Starting at the beginning, Peter began to tell the whole entire story. He said, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and this is what happened to me. And in a trance, I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheep. I think he saw it like a large sheep being let down from heaven by its four corners. And it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds. Then I heard a voice. So he heard a voice. He had a vision. Then he heard of an authoritative voice telling him, Peter, rise up, kill and eat. And I replied, surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. And this voice spoke a second time. Do not call anything that God has made clean, impure, that God has made clean. This happened three times. And then it was all pulled up into heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house by which I was staying. And the Spirit told me to have no hesitation to go with them. Okay? These six brothers also went with me, and we entered into the house. So think about the different ways God gave the direction to Peter, okay? Now, Acts chapter 18, verse 9 through 11. One night, the Lord spoke Paul in a vision. He said, do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one is going to attack you or harm you, because I have many people in this city. So Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half, teaching the word god okay so god speaks through visions and dreams it's not an an everyday occurrence um you know the story of paul when he was before caesar he speaks in his defense and he was telling them how he was persecuting the church and, and all the bad things he was doing and then you know the story he has an encounter with jesus christ on the road to damascus and the way that encounter came is is by by jesus it says here uh he journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest. At midnight, he says to the king, along the road, he said, I saw. He wasn't even saved, but he said, I saw at, the mo- at that moment. I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking. And he spoke to me and he said, in Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, who you I am persecuting. And he goes on to say, rise and stand up on your feet. I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. Jesus came to Kennedy multiple times in visions to reveal himself to him and to reveal the purpose and the plan of God for the generation and the call that he had to this generation. And many of us are fruits of the ministry of Kenneth Hagen. and I'm thankful that I'm one of them. But in Paul's case, he says, I have many things I will yet to reveal to you, and I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send to you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, King Agrippa... I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you said in your word that in the last days, you're gonna pour out of your spirit dreams and visions and that our sons and daughters would prophesy. Heavenly Father, we receive and we accept this word of truth that you've given to us. We are not afraid of these supernatural encounters, but we welcome them. We welcome the encounters that come by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for my listeners. I pray that you would continue to give them wisdom and continue to open up the eyes of their heart, the eyes of their understanding. And when you desire to speak to them in a vision or in a dream, I pray that they would have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. Father, I ask for a greater impartation of these supernatural occurrences Father, we covet and we desire the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in this regard so that we can continue to be and do everything you've called us to be, everything you have called us to do for your glory. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.